This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, it's Kurt. Dan, say it's Dan. And this is D. Wyatt. So we wanted to do some segments, huh? So what, what, what exactly are we doing here? So, you know, last episode we were talking about blinging out our games, right? Changing things up, getting improvements to make it a better experience. So we figured why not do it for ourselves, you know? Like try some new ideas that we've been kicking around. Instead of just having it on paper, get it out there, see what people think. Try out a couple of different segments, mainly featuring on the games at various player counts and our experiences in those counts. That's a great idea, Dan. And that sounds so heartfelt, Curtis. I love it. Because it, it, it sounds like I added that later. Like, that was a great idea, Dan. <laughs> so I like how that works. We'll, we'll be doing a one-player account with Paige, a two-player account with Dan and Kim, and then a three-player account with me, Tracy, and sometimes Logan. <laughs> and maybe sometimes computer stuff. You just never know. So, yeah. So enjoy our segments because we put a lot of love into them. And now it's time for Player 2 has entered the game. So welcome to the premiere debut of Player 2 has entered the game. In our first one, we are going to look at one of our favorite games, Santorini. Uh, Santorini is done by Gordon Hamilton, and this thing is a masterpiece. He has apparently been working on this game for decades, and there was just like a pure abstract version released about like almost 15 years ago. But this thing has reached a pinnacle of greatness in our circle. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's like for two to three players, but truly it's really for two. And this takes such a simple approach, but it gives unbelievable choices. Every turn, it's going to be so simple. You're going to take your worker, and then you're going to build. So you take a worker, build. Your opponent takes a worker, builds. Sounds easy, you know? The goal is just to get on top of a level three building. Doesn't sound that hard. But the real beauty of this game lies in these god powers. And that's where the depth really starts to shine on this. No one can tell by listening, but I'm shaking my head on all this. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's on to something. This is, this is right. Yeah. <laughs> I, you said it all, honestly. Sure. Like, you, like what, what more can you say? You know? Well, it's like the beauty of this game is like past its simplicity, you know? There's, with these all these different god powers, right out of the gate, you have almost a thousand different game options available by matching the different gods against each other, right? And it's, you know, the way that they work, it's so different because, like, you might have a new way to move. You might have a way, new way to build. You can get a new win condition. Or one of my favorites, you can create a new lose condition for your opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, say, for example, Medusa, who, if she is higher than your opponent's workers can turn them into stone, which will actually be shown by putting a brick in the spot where that person was. <laughs> and if you don't have workers, really gets hard to win this game, you know? So, I mean, while the goal is so easy, the depth is insane. You can just... 
you know, it's, you can play like the same god 20 times, and every time you pair off against a different god, you're going to find that the game is totally different. You're like, oh, this will be easy. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm using pen. All I have to do is, like, you know, like go off this level two building. But then somebody else can control your turns, and you're like, wait, what? And you always <laughs> find yourself doing different things each time you play. Like, yeah. the games are never the same when you do use the god's power. It's always going to be different. As opposed to if you just play it straight out without, go- without the gods, you kind of see, like, there's a whole bunch of similarities. That's where, like, I can see people can get turned off by it. So if you want to play Santorini, I would definitely suggest doing it with the god's power. Yeah, it's like, and I think that was a game he was working on, like, years ago. Because this has been in his, like, think tank for, like, 30 years. Like, can you imagine working on a game for decades? You know, it's like, and I gotta admit, like, Gordon Hamilton has so much more resolve than me because I know I'll, like, work on a game idea for an hour, and then I'm like, eh, and I just walk <laughs> away from the table. This guy has been putting <laughs> decades into this thought, and the thing is, it shows. Like, now, like, even the style of the game. The buildings are really cool because this doesn't take, like, your standard game approach. It actually works on a vertical axis. So you are actually putting down physical structures for the buildings, right? And it looks really cool. Those little blue domes that are like so shiny and it like it gives like that cool pristine tower look mm-hmm. when you put the domes on top. I mean if you if you Google search Santorini board game, you'll get the Santorini landscape and you'll think it's the board game because the images are so close to what the buildings actually look like. Yeah, like that alabaster white with the like deep rich blue uh, domes and all that it that is amazing and then like even like in another contrast almost you look at all the gods and they're not like a chibi style right they're like almost like a different like st- like i don't even know how you would describe it it's almost like a childlike innocence about them even when they're hades and hecate like mm-hmm. gods of like deception in the underworld they look adorable yeah you know but it, what's funny though is like you know, they look all cutesy on their cards, and then the things they do to your opponents are horrific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, in one of our most recent games, I was using Persephone, and you were? Uh, I think I was Hades. Yeah. Yeah. Some would even say Hades. I said Hades. <laughs> yeah, I but it's like, you know, in mythology, Hades kidnapped Persephone and like made her his wife and in our games kim pretty much dominated me and owns me so i'm like i guess technically that's kind (laughs) of like a kidnapping because the beauty is like persephone and it was great how the two worked together like persephone was your opponents must always ascend if they can so you can kind of toy with them a little bit but hades power was your opponent can never descend Mm -hmm. meaning you can never jump to a lower level so I was kind of getting trapped in movement, and like Kim started controlling me. I'm like, wait, this this that's is not cool. This exactly, is so not cool. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I I kind of like knowing your god power is very important, and if you forget about it, it could cost you the game. So uh, also with the player interaction, is you kind of have to be on your opponent, know exactly what they're doing or trying to do. Because it's always about that counter move. Yeah, this is like, as much as we love Euros, this is nowhere in the Euro camp. This is a pure adversarial, do not let your opponent breathe, do not let them have options game. Like, 
it's very cutthroat and it's funny because it's like i almost define this as like third generation chess like you know it's abstracted down to so few pieces but what those pieces can do are all the pieces of chess Mm -hmm. you know and it's like your god is kind of dictating it's like oh this game those pieces are a queen and a rook or this game that piece is like a king and this you know I mean, they give you a decent amount of gods, like, in the in the start of the game. But I did notice that there were some kind of, like, expansion gods. Yeah, now, this is what I'm curious about. Would you define this as marketing genius or the devil made flesh in advertising? Because in the core rulebook, it tells you everything for the Golden Fleece expansion. Doesn't come with it, but it lets you know everything available. Mm-hmm. Now... I kind of liked that it was all together in one book because, you know, you don't want to have, like, nine rule books in your game anymore. You know, like, if you got, like, Champions of Midgard or something, it's like, oh, here's that book, and here's the Valhalla book, and here's the Underdark. And it's like, you know, you got, like, five different things that you're flipping through to find out how this one guy works. This is just all in one pamphlet. That's great. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, like a little bit of nitpicking or something, I wanted that expansion to be in the box. I feel like Golden mm-hmm. Fleece should just be in there. Mm-hmm. You know, what's great is Santorini is very affordable. It's like like 40 bucks at most places, I think. Like, you know, you even see it so. online for like 25 a lot. I mean, they did re-release it because there is a piece that's missing. It's not needed. It's more of a flavor. Yeah, like in the new editions, there's not the island board anymore. It was yeah. like, it was on the bottom and it was just thematic. Like, especially when you were using the aquatic eyes, it was really cool seeing the water around yeah. the island. But it doesn't, it doesn't break the game anyway. Like, it doesn't make it where it's like, oh, Santorini doesn't have that bottom board. I don't want to play that game. Yeah, right? Like, I want to know who's like, I don't see water. Mm, I'm not buying just this. Make your own map. <laughs> but, like, outside of that one little issue, like, I would have rather the game been $50 and it came with the Golden Fleece. Now, one thing I'll say is this. Like, you know, we like variety. We like diversity in our game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we Golden Fleece was a great hit for us because it changed up the game so much. But you might be able to play this game with, like, casual gamers, and I think just the core box would get you through. And at that price point, yeah. it's definitely a good deal. So, all in all, like, we've probably played it about close to 20 times at this point you know most times when we play it we usually play what like three or four games or so yeah i would say probably about like five we play in a row yeah because it's just one of those things where some nights it's like we're playing and then just dan is just constantly winning and it's like all right i'm gonna try again nope lost all right i'm gonna try again different strategy nope lost yeah i do miss those nights well i got my (laughs) reign last night so i'm happy about that but, I mean, if we do another rematch tonight, who knows? Yeah. We might bring in that victory. Now, what's nice about the price point being so low is after Kim secured three victories in a row, she took the copy and threw it out the door and was <laughs> screaming, I retire undefeated! Yep. I'm a champion! <laughs> Kiss the ring! Kiss the ring! And, I mean, you know, it's a little upsetting. But, you know, for 40 bucks, I can get another <laughs> copy. It's not too bad. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to stay on top. and you got to retire when you know it's right. Right? I mean, that's definitely the way to handle it. But I would say, like, for, you know, when it's just the two of us, when we get time together, if we have an hour, we can play game after game. If we got mm-hmm. 10 minutes, we can break it out quick. Mm-hmm. I-, I would say at a two-player, like, you know, if you and your spouse or, you know, like you and a buddy get together every so often gaming, Santorini is, like, a must-have if you enjoy the abstract, if you like, 
very thinky adversarials. Like, mm -hmm. like oh, oh, you're going to win? No. <laughs> because I do this, remember? And then you just see the smile fall off the face. Yep. And, you know, and then you just start laughing because you realize you got this in the bag, you know. Things like that, it's, it's, it's cruel and it's savage. But it's really nice. Yeah. I always start out with the first game, don't use any god powers. Second game, immediately go for the god powers. You can do random. Random is fun. You know, like... Uh, what you could do is just shuffle all the deck together and then just pick one each and kind of like, you know, you kind of experiment to see what you can go with. And then once you get to know the game more, then you can go with the book and then pick which ones you want to do. What I like is after we place our pieces on the board, before we pick our guards, but we keep them face down. So after we place our pieces on the board, then we flip them over. That way we don't know whose god is who. So you can't really have an advantage of like, oh yeah, um, so in my other game, I was uh, Celine. So I wanted to keep, what Celine does is I can, any female worker that I have can build a dome on any level. So when I was setting up my pieces before he saw who I was, I decided to keep my female close to his workers and my male was just kind of like hanging out wherever. So that way, when we we're starting, if he, I noticed that he'd be, like, building higher, I would just immediately cut him off. Yeah, and it's like we started almost doing our games against each other like a street fighter. Like, Demetrius versus Selene! Yeah. <laughs> now we just got to come up with, like, clever uh, <laughs> sayings for each of the gods. <laughs> From now on, when you use Hades, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mortal Kombat lines. And then you can also do something cute where it's like... Um, you guys can, like, play for a bet. Like, all right, yeah. so if I win, you get to do the dishes tonight. You know? Yeah. You'll, I, you'll be extremely pissed at the person if they continually win, so <laughs> don't mind cheating a bit. I can <laughs> even see it where if, like, you just play this with, like, the same buddy. You just, like, you throw in a quarter every time you play against each other. Yep. You yeah, know? throw in a quarter. Like, just like, just like a, gambling. yeah, just enough of a wager to make somebody go, God damn it, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> But I would definitely say if, if you enjoy Cutthroat, if you enjoy a thinky quick game, and if you like any of that abstract style puzzle, like a little cleverness, a little fun, a little twist, Santorini has to be on the shelf. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was Player 2 has entered the game. Uh, unfortunately, Player 2 has won many times recently, but hopefully Why am I that'll change. <laughs> because you chose second. You chose your character second. That makes you Player 2. Maybe next week. Sure. Maybe next time in the segment, I'll be um, player two. Yeah, so. I won all those games. All right. So thanks for joining us at the table. Thank you. I was the last player to wash a doll. There you go. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and then he barks. That's hey, perfect. That dogs. perfect. Batista dogs? Well, you could take his bark out. No, no, no. His bark is what seals it. So welcome to another exciting episode of the MFG cast. Now with sugar. I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to another episode. I'm Kurt. I'm Tracy. This is D. Wyatt. I'm just Kim. <laughs> and I'm just Kim. <laughs> Not just Jack. Yep. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about is for being first in a game an advantage? Hmm. 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 Let's ponder You're that, You're looking folks. at me like... Let's take a moment of silence to think about it. <laughs> hey, that was... I said silence, Dan. All right, so what? We're being assaulted by our first player. So. Oh, nice, huh? nice. He's like, whoever bites hardest gets to be the first player. 
Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Whoever stuck their foot in the quicksand gets to go first. There's a lot of interesting ways for games to start, and there's always got to be a first player. But is that is being first player an advantage or a disadvantage? I actually looked up some uh, like a couple of things in game design, <laughs> and okay. So here's something I found out that's pretty cool. So a lot of the like the classic style games. You'll notice it's like whoever is the youngest player or whoever is the oldest player goes first. Any yes. game where it's like the youngest player, it's usually player advantage. You know, because it feels like it gives the kids an edge. Oldest player first, it's first player is at disadvantage. But these are usually only for like classic style games. Like when you play Ex Libris or like Welcome to Centerville or something and it's like, oh, the youngest player goes first. It's not like that much of an edge, you know? It's not the same edge that an 8-year-old needs when taking on a 43-year-old uncle in Monopoly or something, you know? Like, sometimes in those games, it's a little more arbitrary. But you hear so many games say, it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, first player wins half the games. Like, you know, Splendor being, like, one of the, the biggest uh, accusers of that. Is that why, it may, why you want to flip the table? It's part of the <laughs> On people who want to play Splendor? What I just do is I just replace all their cool shiny gem chips with regular poker chips and then just go, oh. no, no, I just pay $7 for this cave and it's mine now. Oh. Well, let's kind of unpack yeah. that then, Dan, since let's turn that back on you then. So have you ever played a game where the first player doesn't seem to have an advantage, but as far as just going first and you know that it's a clear advantage that you will win this game more than off, more than not? Um. Well... It depends. Like, I like it if a game has an option to attack other players or to, like, directly interfere with somebody. First player is not really necessarily an advantage because when you're the first person to get points, the other three players at the board go, well, guess who's in the lead? We have to ruin their lives now. So that kind of helps, like, self-regulate a little. But if it's, like, a lot of Euro games where it's like, okay, I got 12 points and your options are sit there and shut up or sit there and cry... You really can't do anything to hurt me about my points. So in yeah. that game, I want player two and three to get a little something for losing out on first choice, you know? So with something like that, have you ever played a game like that where you know that it's obvious that first player gets something, and have you tried to adjust it to where you've done it differently then? I remember a while ago when telling my friend about the deal with Splendor, he was like, that's, you know, like, that's bull, I don't believe that. And then when I won four games in a row, it switched to, well, it's because you have more experience in the game than me. Like, no, I know. You play this every Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So did you, in that case then, did you switch, did you trade places and make him be first player and see if he won? By that point, he was so rattled and just didn't want to play Spider <laughs> with me because I mocked him unmercilessly. Un I mean, that part was probably unnecessary. Yeah. But I was just curious. But, like, take, for example, like, um, like one of the games I love lately, Century Spice Road. When you're first player, right, you know, it's like, if somebody's going before you and you know they can get something, there's nothing you can do to stop them. Like, Kurt, you got your, uh, and again, I always call the spices. So, side note, for Spice Road, it's not, like, turmeric and saffron and all that. It's mustard, ketchup, relish, and hamburgers. That's what the four colors are. Jeez, what are you, Popeye? Or, well, because uh... we make it, we make it, you know... 
Five Guys Burgers delivery service instead of Century Spice Road. Oh so my like, god, you're so New York. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if he was so New York, it would be like pe- something with pizza. That's yeah. true. I was gonna say fine. It's an In and Out Burger. Better. <laughs> but it's we like, don't have those. So I see you got your two burgers, your three mustard, and your ketchup. I know you're going to get that <laughs> recipe. If you go before me, I can't, like, swipe it out from under you if I don't have those resources. So, like, the player order in a game like that, it's very calculated moves. You know, I may not be able to stop you, but I might make something more enticing. But, like, you know, I can never steal your resources or, like, you know, like... Oh, I play the block spell and you can't go to that guy anymore. Like, there's nothing like that. Hmm. So, you know, player two and three and four, they don't really get that much more than player one. Like, they get an extra really basic spice. But it at least makes you feel like, well, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll still finish out a little something extra at the end. So sometimes even like that, like that little bit of salt can help, you know, get you through when you're like, especially in like four and five player games. You know, like, I don't know if you ever played Lords of Waterdeep at, like, five-player or six-player. Mm-hmm. But, like, yep. when, yeah, like, when you're the fifth player, you're like, well, I guess I'm going to get four golds because everything I want is gone in the first round. Like, you know. It sucks. It's hard, yeah. And it's like, so the gold can at least, like, you might have the gold to buy an awesome building. Unless player right. one is a jerk hole and he builds that four-cost building. And you're like, I hate you and everything you've ever enjoyed in life. Well, because because on other games, you sit and you try to plan what where you want to play. And then in something like that, you have to wait forever to take your turn and hope that no one ever takes your space. Whereas first player, you the sky's the limit on where you can play. Now, one thing like, you know, because I know you played a bit of Lords too, Tracy, like <laughs> Tracy Lords. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm so mature. <laughs> like, how do you feel about, like, games where you can get the first player marker, but it costs you, like, an action or a resource or something? With Lords of Waterdeep, I like it, because otherwise I feel like in that game you'd be stuck, especially when you play more people in the game. I think it's nice to have the opportunity to be able to to snag the first player marker. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other games where you can you have the opportunity to take them because they're out there. I don't normally take them, but in that game, I have the tendency to... What is it? You have to play an intrigue card, don't you? Um, it's actually a space that you go to. It's like yeah, you get an intrigue card. You get, you you get, get an intrigue. you get an intrigue. I knew it was something with marker. an intrigue. Yep, yep. and yep. then you, you use one of your... Yeah. It seems like a lot of worker placement games have that. Yeah, like UA Rosenberg has a lot of it. Like Agricola, mm-hmm. Caverna, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I like it and I use the space. Mm-hmm. So here's a here's a question and I'll I'll actually pitch it to Kim since she's been kind of a mouse over there. So when it comes you'll be fine. <laughs> she's crying in the corner. Wow. Are you getting bit by the dog again? Of course we are. <laughs> It's like, don't show them. Don't show them the tears. Yeah, if, yeah, if you if you cry, then his strength just grows. That's right. Okay. I'm taking the bite so you can suck. <laughs> so, Kim, with, you know, is there a game where you have, like, say we've talked about having the many player aspects. So, is there a game that you're, like, 
you know that if you're if you're going to be first player in that game, you're going to have a total advantage. And if you know that most of the time you're not going to be that first player, have you has that kind of turned you off? Like, I can't play this game because I know I'm not going to have a good advantage in it? I don't think so. Only because a lot of the times, you know, you're not going to be first player every single game you play. You know, there's always going to be some way. Like, there are people who be like, all right, you know, first player to have sat in the car for 12 hours goes first. There are other people who like, yeah, you know, let's just roll a die, you know? So, usually, if I'm not first player, depending on the game, uh, say, like, for example, Lords of Waterdeep, if I'm not first player, right, say I'm, like, second to last, if I have entry cards that can kind of, like, like, I can, I can... I can have it where I can, you know, kind of, like, bribe the other players and be like, hey, uh, you know, like, I can play an entry card, like, get you some gold if you want, or some workers, if you don't do any bad stuff to me. You know, like, how they have, like, the mandatory quests and all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, other times, it could be one of those things where I find it fun if I'm not the first player, and it's, like, near the end of the game... And I know I'm going to be losing, but my decision will determine who is the winner, which is king-making. So I actually... Do, that, that is my favorite part, honestly. I like to do the king-making. That is the most horrific part of any game. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Because I know nice. if I'm not first, yeah. and I know I have no chance of winning, it basically feels like I'm in control. It's like, all right... Who's going to win this one? This is all on me. Yeah, You have angered the lords of the underworld. You will now suffer for a thousand years. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, one thing I was curious about, too, is, like, um, so, like, you know, especially, like, games that, like, you know, make it, like, I love, my favorite thing in a book is, you know, like, oh, pick your own method of choosing a first player, you know. But, like, in some of the games, like, believe it or not, um, one of the worst games I found for it, uh, for first player advantage in things was actually above and below. And the reason was, with the game being seven rounds, at two-player, the first player is not only the first player for the very first round and gets to get the best pick, but they are also the first buyer in the final round for those amazing endgame scoring cards. At three players, the first player is the first player able to buy those awesome endgame scoring cards. And then at four, at four players, the fourth player is only the first player one time. They only get the edge one go around, and every other player gets it twice. So that game to me is phenomenal, but the first player advantage is outrageous, and it's almost too good, you know? So, like, in Above and Below, we have actually, like, basically cheated like mofos and modified the game where... At two players, it's eight rounds. At three players, it's nine rounds. And at four players, it's eight rounds. Like, we had to tag on that extra round just for equality. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's funny now uh, something came to me. I think there are there are some games that are actually really good, too, about um, making first player an advantage, but also making it circular or making it something where... You know, it can be kind of a not letting the not letting the guy that's in the or guy or girl that's in the lead stay in that lead. 
like with like Power Grid. Power Grid's really good at that where, you know, even if, you know, you're everyone else is kind of out there, there's some option <coughs> excuse me, options in that game where, you know, even though you may be picking the first um picking the first um Power plant, yep. Yep, exactly. Then you know, ne- then you might not be. You're not going to be first at getting resources. So, you know, it kind of mixes that up to where it's not like you're just keep going boom, 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 making those decisions. It kind of mixes it up a little bit where you have a little more strategy. I like games that do that, or uh, like one of the at the end of the round, whoever's in last place becomes a first player. Things like yep. that are always interesting. Um, one other that. I don't see in too many games, and this is something I'm really curious about, is like games like Terra Mystica and um, actually like even like Captains of Industry and a few others, the notion of like if you're not first player, like if somebody else takes first player, you're only bumped to second player. It's not like you only go clockwise around the table, that the player order is more variable and can change more consistently throughout the game. Hmm. You know, like... Because before we were talking about like Lords of Waterdeep and like games like Agricola. If, if we were playing, like say it's like me, Kim, Kurt, Tracy, if I am first player, and you know Tracy takes the first player spot, it's not that devastating. I'm still player two, but Kim takes it, and now I'm going dead last, and that sucks because I wasted my action last turn to get first player just to become the last player one turn later. Wow. You know, yeah. like that's like a really rough vibe. I'm really curious about, like, if you were to play Lords of Waterdeep, and it's like, when you take first player, advance to the front of the row, but everyone else stays in that order. Yeah. That'd uh, be a cool little little, uh, variant. Yeah. It's like, games that have that, it's not too many, because, you know, clockwise around the table, it's easy to understand. You know? I go, you go, oh, cool, now you go. Like, it's very, you know, (laughs) every game uses that for simplicity. But I would love to see more games add that complexity, you know? Yeah. Like, just a yeah, would, meaningful decision. Yeah, it would be interesting to see, like, you know, like, even have, like, maybe, it's funny because now all of a sudden I'm getting ideas. It's, like, almost, like, even having, like, a nice party game or, like, a family game where it's, like, you know, oh, you know, everyone is in this order. Oh, now I'm shaking, I'm going to have all these dice, one through four, like a four-sided die for everyone. and we're playing four players i'm gonna shake them up and i'm gonna let them go and that's gonna be the round that's gonna be the you know round makeup for that Uh, another game that makes me uh, that is really good at uh randomizing how players go is aeon's end aeon's end is a really good part of that too because you take your players you take your player cards which you have two of your depending on how many players you have you have two player cards so if it's first player you got two ones two twos two threes and then the bat, big baddie has two, and you just shuffle the cards. And each round, that's random. So, you know, it could be different each time. So where you think you're prepared, but guess what? Now, you know, the, the boss gets to go two times before you even get your first chance, and then maybe you are down in health, so now it's like, okay, now what do you want to do? Yeah, so in a game like that, it's not even like, it's just like, when do I get to act? Not like, oh, I'm going before you. It's like it... It doesn't feel like an edge or something. It feels like just like an environment, and that's kind of nice. Yeah, I have another. I have another question that popped into my head too. What? Uh, I have another question that popped into my head too. I'm actually thinking about first and second player or player order, you know, or being first in like a co-op game. 
So you're playing your co-op games and you're first and say, have you ever had like a moment where, you know, a lot of times when you play a co-op game, there's always somebody that's a, you know, for the most part, it seems to be a person that's like, okay, this is what we need to do. We need to, they take like the, the alpha part and they're like, okay, we need to do this, this, and this to get to the certain point. Have you gotten to a point where like, say your first player is the person that maybe is a little more reserved where maybe they should take over, you know, they should be the first player to really take over that game, and maybe they don't, and maybe it kind of not doesn't ruin the experience, but makes the game harder to win, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting, because there's times, like, um, some games people just love to win. They do not want, you know, they cannot take that <laughs> L in their column. So they will alpha game you despite trying to reserve it. I like, lately I noticed I've been enjoying a lot of co-ops where you can't off a game like things like spirit island and all that where it's like you know you're having a hard enough time paying attention to your nine cards what are your influences and what you're doing don't worry about my seven cards and my nine areas of influence and my abilities like i'll do my things you do your things but you can just kind of be like hey can someone take care of that space there can someone can anyone generate fear you know like mm-hmm. little simple questions that stops one person from uh kurt you're gonna play these three cards and make sure you change those four symbols so you activate your third of it like no one's doing that in spirit island yeah yeah um so when we tracy when you mean you play a game like i feel like we're both pretty good at like just kind of talking and you know getting into the game have you ever had a thing where it's like okay like kurt's not doing a very good job of getting where we need to be or whatever i'll kind of take over or have you ever been like you know like oh you know, maybe, maybe he is, but I, you know, I'd like to have a say so in it and stuff like that. Has that ever kind of conflict come up? I feel like we're usually pretty good when it comes to like a co op game, game? Mm-hmm. Um, or like when driving to a con and he forgot a suitcase or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, in that case, Dan, uh, I can't think of anything otherwise. Yeah, because we usually try to work together. Yeah, and it doesn't. Hence the co op game. Yeah, exactly, and it 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 makes you wonder like. With a, low, a lot of co-op games, like, it's, like, you know, having a player order, like, in, say, like, Pandemic, you know, it's, like, you know, does it really matter what the player order really is because it's, like, it's not really that much of an advantage because you're all working together for a common goal. Right. Sure. Well, or, um, like, uh, Legendary or something like that, you know, we're trying to coordinate... Um, killing a mastermind or something like that so yeah but um, but also that's a weird conflict too because you're still trying to win you are still trying to win but we still are working together so you know because we know that if too many um, bystanders go away or you know something else like that happens that the game's done so we have to work together Mm -hmm. yeah it's funny because when me and mike play legendary we don't even count points at the end anymore we're just like we won yay you know we're like actual superheroes or supervillains it's like okay we did it as a team yeah i mean that's i think that's how in general how we typically play that play that unless we're playing with logan and then he's like i want to dominate everybody domination station (laughs) you know whatever youngest player go first because he, he, he has to, he wants to be first player. Yeah. That is one dude that it has to be first player. I feel like a lot of kids, they're, they just, they think that first is best all the time. And well, that's they, how I feel. 
you get they like, do. first dibs. You know, like that's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm starting this thing off. You know, I got first yeah. dibs of everything. You know, all you guys can suck it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and they'll they'll realize later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he. I don't think he's ever told us to suck it. But <laughs> to your face, but I'm just saying, like, he's like, but, oh yeah, I got be, this. Because yeah. your son yeah. is Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and sometimes we'll we'll read it and we'll be like youngest player, and other times we'll read it and we'll be like, oh yep, nope, you don't start this time. <sighs> oh, oh yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. So he, so he, so talking about co-ops then, like, sorry, I'm gonna cut just because I want to remember this. So Kim, how do you deal with Dan in co-op games? Because I'm sure that's gotta be just the worst. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Well, when he when you work together to win the game. I'm just kidding. Okay. It was well, a joke. I love how you're serious about it. Stop attacking Dan, Dan him. Dan, I got your back. <laughs> Apparently. Well, okay, so. I need protection from this online bullying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This isn't gotcha journalism. It's just yeah. jokes, man. You say you're sorry now. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Good. I kind of feel bad because, like, the way you guys are talking, is like, yeah, we always work together. I always feel like me and him kind of, like, almost butt heads. And I will destroy like, you and everything. Well, yeah, I mean, even in co-op, he said he'll destroy <laughs> me and everything. Um, this is but, my island. <laughs> you leave now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I also... Now I, who's I, bullying? Yeah. <laughs> um, See, and you wanted to defend this monster. Yeah, there yep. you go. He's, I may, I'm starting to take my words back. Well, you, you want to know something? Now? He's, he's not the monster, kind of. I am, a little bit. Because I think Ooh. I like to take control. Dun, dun, dun. So it's like, I'll be like, all right, so like, I think we should go here. And he's like, no, 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 it's better if we do this way. But I'll be set in my ways and be like, but I want to do it this way. This is, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and, you know, it kind of like butt heads a little bit. But I think it's also because when I play games, a lot of the times my decisions aren't based on strategy. They're based on what I want to do. Which is very different from strategy. Yeah, almost like short-range tactics. So you're yeah. Like, oh, I want to see what this does. Yeah, like, I want to see what this does. Like, oh, I want to get some sheep. Or, like, oh, these meeples look cool. I want to get something like that. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I never I never had it, though, where we were actually, like, dead set on it. With no player order for co-op games, like Time Stories, I don't like them. Really? It's a mess, because... A lot of the times it's like, you know, if you want to go first, but if somebody else has a better idea, no, but if somebody else has a better idea, it's like, all right, all right, you go first. And then if it's like, they do the thing that you wanted to do, it's like, oh, shoot. That's why you don't let them. You go, sorry, I'm already putting down my cards. But it's like, it's courtesy. (laughs) It's like, it's courtesy. I I, I feel bad. But, and a lot of the times, a lot of the times with, if you don't have player order, and it's kind of like all. Uh, I feel. I feel like it's all over the place. So, if, would you say if there is no player order, that is simply player disorder? It is disorder. That is player disorder. Exactly <laughs> right. Oh my god. Mhm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this on to you, Kurt. Like, would you say like, have you ever felt that you maybe would meta game first player in some games? Like, like you've seen an advantage to it, and you 
either try to make sure you're not the first player for the you know for the challenge or you're like no i lost the last nine games of this i'm being the first player now like <laughs> has that ever come up for you guys or you know what's funny it, it never has for me actually i just like kind of going with the flow and i've always kind of been like that it's just it's one of those things where like the it's funny that we're talking about this concept because the game that we've play, been playing a lot late, lately is Potion Explosion. And even though maybe this is not anything that matters at all or whatever, but I feel like if I'm not first player and this is the only game I felt like, I am at a disadvantage right away. Because I feel like every game that we've played so far where I'm not first player, I have gotten completely screwed out of how, what I'm doing and I feel discombobulated. And I feel like I'm just playing from behind, even though there probably is no validity in you know what where we're at yeah it's like see like for me it's like there's only two things i despise in the first player stuff one is if the game does not run on equal amount of rounds like if it's any of those games as soon as somebody hits this many points the game ends it's like no no equal rounds i want to go too (laughs) yeah i agree yeah that's always brutal and then the other is when somebody discredits the win like Oh, well, it's only because you were first player and you got the first pick of this. It's like, yeah, it's well, then you should have gone first. Like, get younger or touch more trees or <laughs> eat more, like, hamburgers. Whatever nonsense, bogus rule is the first player thing for this game. It's like, oh, whoever most recently, uh, their name rhymes with Bert. Oh, that's the only reason you won, Kurt. You're just too close to Bert. This game sucks and you suck as a win. Like, that stuff is the worst. Like, yeah. If you well, then you always t- you you just tell those people that play better, and you won't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they stop sucking so much, then they would have done better. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest problem, really. Exactly. Well, and again, again, I I love when people have those excuses and stuff like that. Like, everyone will always talk. It seems like a lot of people after games will be like, "Oh, if I would have just done this, and I would have just done that." But it's like, any game at any time could be something. But it's just, yeah, you just. You have to, a lot of times you just have to know, you know, what to do in those situations, you know, again, just like anything, or you're going to lose, you know, you can't, you can't blame it on first player, I don't think, I, you know. No, you can't, you can have a different strategy the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that part's, I think for me, that part's hard to see, I think that's why with some of these games, like with the thing I was talking about with Potion Explosion, it's probably just, you know. I'm not seeing the right kind of stuff. He, you know? I think that's what it is. So, but yeah, I was gonna because, say explosion, explosion. Like, um, it's it's almost like never worth looking at the the rack until it's your turn because all it does is make you sad. Because you're like, <laughs> oh, if I get those three, bl- oh, you took them. Well, as yeah. long as I get those reds, oh, you used your potion, you took those reds too. Now I'm yep. sad. Well, because so much can change. Yeah, so much can like, change. Like, just keep your f- hands over your eyes, and then when they're like, it's your turn, go, okay, what do I get to do? And then the game is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize that there's nothing left to trigger any sort of explosion. And then yeah. you get sad. That exactly. happened last night. Yeah. And then you say either the other person sucks or the computer cheats, and everyone wins. It's, it's fun times had by all, especially you since you're cursing and yelling. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there may be a few games out there where like the first player is really like, you know, it is a fifty percent win and stuff like that. But I mean, in that case, you have the option of either just don't play that game, or 
you know, modify a little house rule or something. There's nothing worse than, like, playing the game that you feel this way about, then when the other person wins, you know, you complain about it. It's like, wait, why do, way to just suck all the air out of the room, man. Thank you so like, much for that. Yeah, you know? and, and you know, in this day and age, too, like, go on Board Game Geek. I guarantee you there's going to be somebody out there that has some, a little tweak that's, you know, if some if that is bothering you, they might have something like that. Or even go on there or go on a Facebook page of, you know, a nice board game group and just ask that question be like hey has anybody done anything this way to you know make it a little more fair because you know i'm not, not quite finding what i want you know with this game and i really want to like it or whatever yeah it's true it's like you know and like it's, and sometimes even a designer will jump in and go like oh yeah feel free to do this or add this if you guys want mm-hmm, you know sure. it's like because just remember uh if you paid 60 bucks for a game and the thing that's bothering you the most is that the third player doesn't start with an extra food and you think they should. You paid 60 bucks for that game, man. Give them the extra food. Yeah. It's, a, it's a house rule variant. Yep. Yeah. Unless you're playing for money or at a tournament, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, not, no one's going to be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you can't do that. You can't have that corn. Actually, they're probably... Yeah, they probably probably be so I figure this out before we roll out the one thing I would love to find out from people though is what is your favorite way of like the selecting first player like what game had your favorite <laughs> method like we were talking off uh, off mics like Azul it's like uh, whichever player most recently visited Portugal it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> and um, no one starts <laughs> so I think it's in Mountains of Madness it's like the first player is who has most ru- recently suffered horrific visions of a maddening god that lays deep beneath the earth, or so, you know? And in the case of not that, pick your first player however you choose. Like I thought something like that was pretty clever and fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like have you seen anything that like really stood out to you as a really you know unique and something entertaining way of picking first player? It's funny. I know there is something out there. I just can't think of what play what game that would be. I would love it if, like, uh, Wasteland Express Delivery Service, it was, like, whoever was most in a massive demolition derby that left broken bodies in their wake. <laughs> yeah. This one is who visited an island. Oh, fun. Yep, another thing we will never do. Um, Staten Island. Unless we go to Staten Island. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> I'm first. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, if there's anybody out there that has something funny, let us know on Facebook, on Twitter, because, you know... We can't come up with anything great. <laughs> now watch, we'll play a game and we'll be like, and here's Yeah, one. exactly. And then I'll put edit point in, oh, I just played this, and it'll sound like nothing like what we just recorded. So <laughs> <laughs> so get at us, let us know, and thanks for listening. So until next time, I am Kurt. I'm Tracy. I'm Kim. And this is the last player, D. Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a disadvantage, but this was the MFG cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.